says, get that India, big boy. Well, we thought our chat with Eels GM of football, Mark O'Neill, was going to be our final podcast of the year. But footy and Parramatta are dynamic entities, and we've been given the opportunity to talk with three directors of Parramatta Leagues Club before Christmas, and there was no way I was going to pass up that opportunity. So to discuss the year that was, the future for the blue and gold, and what's happening across the Leagues Club group, I'm pleased to be joined by Richard Foda, Joy Cusack, and Darren Adam. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Craig. So let's let's get into the footy first. Uh, it was a tremendous season for the Parramatta Eels. Uh, what was that ride like for you and for the Leagues Club? Well, I think it was best typified by Townsville, the trip up there for the grand final qualifier. I think Mark touched on, it on your previous podcast that we had gone past week two finally, and up in Queensland, that that point at which we were down 20 to 12 and our season could have gone either way and I think you, you brought it up in your previous podcast two years ago we fell in a heap against Souths uh, I think that moment showed that we've learned over the last two years and gave us a lot of hope for the grand final the week was interesting it was a fantastic ride we've learned a lot from it I'm looking forward to 23 that 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 night um, you were up in Townsville we were here in the Cumberland Throw um, in uh, Jack's. There was the event outside. It was just, it was pandemonium here, the excitement in the club. I mean, that was, that was really the home of the Eels. Yeah. You know, we were, it, everything about that night, Parramatta Leagues was the home of the Eels that night. You know, it was, it was a tremendous feeling. And of course, we had that through the year, didn't we? Well, every game day, this place just sort of exploded. And um, what amazed me was the number of people that travelled from in the state yeah. for the games. Yes. And especially when we got into the final area, um, that I sat with one of them and he'd driven from uh, the Sunshine Coast all the way to attend the game here. Yeah. And um, and others said that they were they were head they were Queenslanders and they were heading to wherever the matches were going to be played because they wanted to be part of it and it's, it's a great thing and you, you, if we transition then to after uh, Townsville how did the club respond well the staff absolutely went beyond mm. everything that was possible they they I went round and said to them uh, what are you doing on grand final day well, I'm going to be here, of course. <laughs> and, you know, they want, they said, this is history. We want to be part of it. Yes. Now, irrespective of the fact that we didn't become premiers, well, we've always got next year. And, <laughs> but the other thing was, it was history making. Yeah. And you, you couldn't find it. Everything was put down on grand final day here. And it was just awesome. And the lead up, every, the club was just pumping. Yes, yes. I, I got to meet a number of people, uh, particularly from Queensland during the year and then in grand final week. We had people that came up to our podcasts here in Jack's during the year to introduce themselves that were listeners from Queensland and that was amazing. And then 
Uh, I know there was a there was a family uh, from Queensland that uh, I'd got to meet during the year, but they were given a uh, a family experience inside the club for the day. They were guests of the club, which was which was great. I got to meet others that came down. Yeah, it it was just a phenomenal year from our perspective, and you know it's great for yourselves as well. I think what, what was fantastic as well was the whole club as well. So the experiences that you can have within Combank Stadium, but as you've pro proven this year as well, people could come back here once again to the club, experience the game, win, lose or draw after the game, catch up with you guys, but also have a drink and a meal after the game. And it became the home of the Eels again. And how great. How, how great was it to make legend players available oh, for people was, to meet? Yeah. Yeah. Even awesome. Neville Glover. Yeah. Oh, mate. Yeah. Neville. Neville. Neville was one of the most entertaining guests that we had. He, it was brilliant. And, um, and what I won't forget is that there was the, unfortunately, we, the match where we got hammered by the Broncos. Yes. And it was a Thursday night and the rain was pouring down and the room was filled with a lot of Broncos supporters um, after the game. Our Steve Eller was our guest. And when we finished talking to him, they all queued up for a photo and a chat with Steve Eller and talking about, you know, what a favourite player he was of theirs. You know, Broncos supporters just looking for that opportunity to speak to a legend of the game. It That's was brilliant. it was Steve great. Steve Eller is a, a gentleman, yeah. a pure and utter gentleman. And when he says anything, it's from his heart. Yes. You know, it's, he doesn't just say it to note himself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... What makes, what excites you if we're keeping in this football space and maybe also, you know, around what Paralegs does on, on uh, football days, what excites you most about 2023? I think two things. One is the experience we've learned through the last couple of years, not just this year, but our players through this year and the last couple of years. So they'll be able to build on that next year. Players like Will Penasini really only in his first year of first grade. So seeing what he can achieve next year. And then the influx of talent, both on the field, but also off the field. I mean, you touched on it yesterday with Mark. Uh, the, the, the coaching team that now are joining Brad for next year will bring new ideas. Uh, they're already having an impact on the training field right now. So yeah. people like Trent Barrett. Uh, we've got Nathan Brown with the Pathways. I think it's really exciting times for an influx of new ideas to build on what we've already been building on in 2022 and beyond. Yeah, it is interesting watching that dynamic of the of the coaches. So I think it's uh, a very good uh, staff that's been assembled around the uh, around the footballers. And speaking of what's happening up there, that development up at Kellyville, I mean that's a major project that the group is going to be involved in. That'll surely be a game changer. I think it'll also be great for the women's game as well, right? I mean, mm. if you think about what they, those ladies achieved in just their second season, where Dean can take them to. But I mean, that's going to be a facility that will give them a home as well. Mm. Um, so for the juniors, the women, as well as the men's team. So because they're a little bit orphaned at the moment in terms of where they have to train sometimes. So that's right. And I think they're looking at around that May June, Start if all, all things yeah. all things are going through as expected to to kick off construction. Up there, and I think the best thing of that is that it will start on the community uh, community centre. So it'll be something for everyone in the Hills District to start with, and the home of the Eels, the headquarters there, will start after that. And um, we've we've talked about match days, and I often see all of you before, during, and <laughs> after matches, even up at Kellyville. Um, how important? I mean, this this might seem an obvious question. 
But how important are the Parramatta Eels to uh, para leagues? And then there's a second part to this question because often people are, aren't too sure about this. What's the difference between the football board and the league's club board? Sure. So yeah, I can start can. <laughs> sitting on both boards. Uh, it, the, the Eels are central to the purpose of the Parramatta Leagues Club. It was com- created by, by Jack many years ago as the purpose for the Leagues Club to support the Eels. So it's still central to our purpose to this day. There are two different boards, as you may know. There's a Leagues Club board, which Joy, Darren and I sit on. There's also an Eels board that uh, must act in the best interest of the Eels. And Mark Jenkins and I sit as PLC representatives on the Eels board. So while they're two separate boards, they're part of the one group and we leverage the best of both to support the, the Eels and also the group. So there'll always be two leagues club directors on the football board, yes. but they have two separate constitutions. That's correct. And so right. when we sit on either board, we're acting in the best interest of that organisation when we're talking about matters around the board table. Okay. Um, now, just talking about the, still the football operation side of things, uh, para leagues have uh, an annual grant that goes to the Parramatta Junior Rugby League and its associated junior clubs, and that makes up uh, quite a part of the community funding uh, that para leagues is involved in. Now, on the weekend, I was at uh, Westmead at the Maris Brothers uh, set up over there that the uh, uh, Parramatta used for their pathways and there was the internal trials that were held for the development squads. There was something like 142 uh, players, and this is just in the male space, and I'll get to the female space in a moment, but there was 142 male players, uh, young male players, 14s, 15s, 16s, representing 16 different junior clubs in the Parramatta district. Uh, that must, seeing that spread across the catchment, that must provide tremendous satisfaction for the for the league's club, for the funding that goes into the junior leagues. Absolutely. Not just the 16 that were there on that day, but the 28 clubs that we support across the Parramatta district. I think it's fantastic. It gives an opportunity for, as you said, boys and girls to get involved in any sort of football. So whether it be the tackle rugby league, touch or tag, it's fantastic to see everyone giving an opportunity and ultimately becoming Parramatta Eels fans as well. And, and uh, hats off to the people that were organising the day because at the same time, there was the SG Ball, the Harold Matts and the Tasha Gale trials at Goulburn. And on, on the same day, needing staff and, of course, the, all the staff that was needed for 142 players at, at Westmead. It was, you, you spoke earlier, Joy, about the Leagues Club staff that were jumping in and, and getting involved on grand final day. Um, the work of the pathway staff is phenomenal as well to, to be able to stage two major events on the same day with all the players involved. I think Joey Grime is a good example of that. I wonder whether there are, we actually have two, one in a cupboard somewhere for days <laughs> like that, and he goes down to Goldwyn, the other one comes out to <laughs> Parramatta Maris. But um, they're all incredibly hardworking, and, and they give a lot of the time beyond what they're remunerated for. Yes, yeah, they certainly the do. Volunteers. Well, I've just spoken about the boys' space, and I indicated I was going to talk about the uh, girls' space as well. Uh, but there were specific Leagues Club grants that were directed towards female pathways and programs, the clubs that are running programs. What sort of a growth area that is for the game at the moment? 
huge. huge. Absolutely enormous. I mean, the, the fact that it's actually getting attention on Fox Sports and on, on commercial mm. TV highlights the fact that, that there's a huge demand out there for, for, for the game as a product. Mm. But um, our, our girls, I'm incredibly proud of them. I mean, they, they are pure ambassadors for the game. When, when you hear Samima and you hear Kennedy and, mm. and get up and talk, they recognise that, that they're creating opportunities for the next generation that they never had themselves, where they actually sort of could play as young girls but then had to give up and go off and do other things for a while before they could come back. So um, the potential for that game is absolutely enormous and it's such a pure product from, an NRL, from a rugby league perspective. I think it's brilliant. And, of course, you know, we were talking about the experience here being home of the Eels um, for um, uh, home games and... The, the NRLW is still within that sort of restricted season, but it's going to be tremendous when it gets to the stage where they can get into home and away games yeah. and every week they can be part of the celebrations that, that happen on uh, match days uh, at Combank Stadium. Yeah. Um, now, I touched on the community grant, so you can see I'm trying to get a bit of a, <laughs> a segue here with each thing, but um, now I want to talk about community grants in general because... Uh, John and myself were here recently. There was the Christmas dinner, the dinner. for all the community groups, um, all those partners. Now, even those there were bonus grants handed out on the night, which was which was something else. There was a lot of anticipation who was who were going to be announced getting those bonus grants. What sort of funding goes to community groups? What what have you been looking at in the last twelve months or the last few years in terms of the the size of the grants? Obviously, it was COVID impacted in 2020 and 2021, but we were still able to give something in the order of about 800,000 in both of those years. It's north of a million this year, and we'll see that in an audited set of accounts early in 2023 when they get published for members. Uh, but all in, in, in tail, something like 2.7 million over the last three years that have gone to various community grants. Um, and what we've done in the last 12 months is sharpen the focus on what is core to our purpose. So we have an acronym of SPORT, which essentially is junior sport, but also physical activity that benefits our members and the people of the Parramatta area. Yeah, and uh, there was quite a diverse group, uh, diverse community groups that were represented on the night, which yes. was uh, which was eye-opening. I mean, there, was, there were education groups. Yeah. As you mentioned, there were sports groups and, yes. and clubs. Welfare, um, groups. welfare groups, yeah, yeah, it's... It, it was really very good because it was an opportunity for all those organisations to learn about the other organisation and start sharing, Yeah. right? Um, I don't... My background is, you know, is in um, community and fundraising things and you do not focus uh, on I'm going to be everything to all people yeah. because... You need collaboration and participation. Yes. And uh, it, it was really nice to see it. two education areas sort of introduce it themselves to each other and start to take off from there. So that that's all good for, for Parramatta Leagues because we're directing the community to say, well, you, you've got to be more collaborative, you've got to share. Uh, you don't have to be all things to all people. And these are, in the main, fairly small organisations, yeah. so the more they can learn from each other, the better that they will be 
in collective as well. Well, I love the direction on the night where we were told, go and sit at a table with people you don't know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and you would have heard Phil Sim, our other director, who chairs our community committee as well, talk a lot about how we've really sharpened our focus just in terms of what we'll fund as well. So rather than just committing to spend a certain amount almost out of obligation, really focusing on where we can make sure we're getting the biggest social impact. Yes. Uh, and that's dollars as well as what we've been talking about, connecting the groups together so that we can sort of help, help promote them beyond just the funding we give them. Yeah, some of the... Uh, I was thinking about some of the stats that they were... that were presented on the night about the number of hours that people volunteer from these groups to their communities, it's uh, phenomenal. You know, I, I mean, they make the they make communities go round, don't they? You know, volunteers. Imagine a world where we didn't have people volunteering their time or or, or committing to projects that well, help people. That's why at Parramatta Leagues we've introduced this year uh, staff volunteering. Yep. Right, and that is enormous, and uh, it also exposes our staff to what all these community groups they volunteer for, what they're doing. And then we can sort of say, well, the value add that our staff are adding to that organisation, we can actually cost it and value it and put a dollar figure on it. And uh, I kid you not, it's going to be enormous. Mm. Well, we, I, we were really um, quite uh, pleased when we were invited to go along to Ronald McDonald House yes. and um, have a look at the executive staff involved in preparing and serving meals for the, uh, for the children and the families there. Any visit to Ronald McDonald House, it impacts you yeah, for a start. And you can only imagine what it, how it impacts people who volunteer and feel like they're, they're doing that. And, and again, volunteers, that you know it's so important i had the honor of doing the same thing last year just before COVID shutdown happened and just to see people being great, grateful for a meal being served by someone else that they didn't have to make themselves it's a small thing to do but it makes such a difference in their lives absolutely um now there's a lot of construction going on around the club you can probably hear at it. the moment <laughs> yeah. so there's uh, if people are picking up a bit of a background noise we are sitting out on the balcony of uh, jack's and a uh, bit of construction that's going on. So um, a lot of that seems to be in that dining space. But can you talk to us about what's happening in the way of developments here at the club? Yeah, so we've got quite a bit happening. Um, I mean, obviously, one of our biggest developments, and we've, we've touched on it in the past, is we've been spending about $7 million in what today is Eels Lane, basically building a, an alfresco dining area. Um, so it'll seat, you know, probably about 160 to 180 people, depending on final configuration. As I said, that's a, a big investment. That's around $7 million for us. Um, that'll, the first stage of that, we'll see it, Legends downstairs is actually closed and we're spending, we've spent about a mil and a half in terms of upgrading the kitchen, but also actually creating a casual dining space downstairs. Because one of the, the strongest pieces of feedback we've had from members consistently throughout our time is that there's not that casual lounge type area in the club. It's a sort of bistro, tinger or, or gaming areas. Yeah. So we're actually listening and responding to member feedback and we're creating that, that sort of casual lounge, casual dining area. with a brand new restaurant, brand new coffee shop downstairs. And ultimately, as I said, that, that alfresco sort of dining space outside. In addition to that, we'll build a covered walkway from the car park into the club. So a bugbear for many, many people is obviously on wet weather. You've actually sort of got to hustle along over, over the pavers into the club and try not to get too wet on the way. 
um, and we'll also be constructing effectively a walk of fame along there that'll basically be a paved area with recognition of some of the Eels legends uh, along. So, so all up, there's about $10 million worth of investment that we'll spend across. Uh, which is which is quite an investment. And I, and I guess as well from what you were saying, the message to members is um, give feedback to the club. Yeah. You know, whether it be through the organised surveys that you that you send out from time to time about member experience. But, you know, just if uh, if members are talking to yourselves as, as directors um, around the club or even football match days or what have you, that um, developments are, are based on what member requests and, and needs are. Well, the management team and the board are here as custodians of their club. That's right. We're here to serve the members, right? And that's why each year we've had uh, a member meet the directors type night, both here as well as at Vikings, because Vikings is obviously an important part of the group as well. Um, we've just spent $400,000 on renovations there to improve member experience as well. So it's all about what members want and need um, that we can we can find the right way to use our funding for. And the other thing with Vikings is the investment we've made there is coming back in many dollars. You know, it's just been really terrific to see that, that investment provide a good return. Well there's something that I'm interested in now because I'm a resident in the Hills area and um, I've been reading about this proposed amalgamation with Dural Country Club and there's a member vote that's uh, going to happen in January but... 18th of January. Okay but can you can you talk to us about what what's the benefit of Parramatta Leagues um, joining with Dural Country Club? Yep, so, um, oh, how long have you got, Craig? <laughs> so, look, I mean, Dural Country Club is a really fantastic opportunity for Parramatta Leagues Club. Um, you, you know, if you look at all of the, the, the large Leagues Clubs, and we're obviously one of them, we're consistently in, in the top ten, they all recognise that there's importance to scale, and, and they achieve that in club land through amalgamations. Dural is, um, is a fantastic club. It's um, situated up on Old Northern Road, you may have been there, um, but it was heavily, heavily impacted by COVID. So pre-COVID, they used to turn over around $3 million a year. Through COVID, um, obviously they had the shutdown, patronage fell away, and they just didn't have the cash reserves to come back from it. So you know, they, they haven't been able to do some of the basic repairs and maintenance, they haven't been able to run promotions. And so their turnover is now less than a quarter of what it used to be, and they just can't find their way out of it. Um, so from an investment perspective, it's a great opportunity, right? I mean, the, the, the land and buildings and everything is worth around $8 million. Um, net asset we would get out of that if the amalgamation goes through would be five after clearing off their debts. Um, but the opportunity for investment is fantastic. I mean, we can return that club to what it was and better than what it was before. But for members, what does it mean? It actually means they get access to a range of facilities that we just can't offer here. Um, so it's a club that's got a lot of land, uh, it has a couple of bowling greens, it has bocce courts, it's snooker, it's got a lot of sub clubs like fishing clubs, things like that. And so it allows our members and recognising that we've got over 8,000 members in the hills like yourself, a facility that's in the hills that's close to them, it's close to the $60 million investment that's happening at Kellyville as well. And it gives member facility there, but it also gives people that come to Parramatta and come to Vikings, the opportunity to go up there and, and use those facilities, the function centres, the bowlings that we just can't offer at the, at the current premises we've got. So like Vikings, it'll still be known as Dural Country Club? Dural something. 
Yeah, so we, we, we recognise that the local identity is important. We will we'll set up an advisory committee with, with the club and consult with them on any changes. Um, they themselves have a view that country club doesn't necessarily reflect what that is. I mean, its origins where it was originally going to be a golf course, and that's what people yeah. often can associate with country clubs. Um, but certainly preserving the local identity is critical the same way as it is at Vikings, because um, you know, it, it will be a different offering, the same way that Vikings has a different offering than what we've got here. So whether it's the Dural Club or Dural Community Club or something like that, it'll re retain that identity for their area. Absolutely. You've got, to, you've got to do that when you merge, you know, or no, amalgamate. Yeah. You, you've got to sort of keep some sort of semblance of what's, what was there before, otherwise you, you just annoy the hell out of I think you retain what members. works and you, yeah. you refresh what needs to be refreshed according to what members want. And it's also very important that Parramatta Leagues looks at amalgamation because if you take a leaf out of um, uh, Mounties, Mounties have gone in and identified opportunities and gone after them. Now Mounties are becoming huge and um, that means they're saving those small clubs. They would have gone by the wayside if Mounties hadn't stepped in. But the same goes for Parramatta Leagues. We've got to always be on the outlook for looking for opportunities that fit our, our criteria and go for those. OK, now I'm going to put each of you on the spot because I want you to just give me one answer to this. 2023, what are you most looking forward to? Aside from a premiership. <laughs> I think that's the answer from all of us, but let's go. I, I'm looking forward to Eels Lane opening up next year. Well, you've stolen my thunder. It makes we can have a second, of, uh, you know, someone yeah. to seconding that. No, but I, I think it's an opportunity for us to grow our membership further and, uh, and the offerings that will be given will be huge. So um, our membership manager, I think, is going to be run off her feet. Yeah, yeah, and and look, just to that point... She might think she's being challenged this year. <laughs> and just to that point, as someone that, uh, you know, I, I come to the club uh, before the matches and obviously after the matches is, the is you know, our podcast here, but I, I come here before the matches and you've seen... We've caught up down in Eels Lane, you know, like to <laughs> pop in, grab a quick drink and have a bit of a chat before going over for... Um, the, the start of the football and, and yeah, the Eels Lane grabs me because I just think having extended space and options there is, is a big plus. A great me. opportunity for people to meet and gather yeah. before they go over there and then when they've been over there they can come back and uh, you know, we need that extra space because as you know, after a game, and especially if we've won yeah. uh, this place is just packed. Yeah and you can't move, and we've got people queued outside, so the covered walkway is going to be a big bonus. Yeah, and, and it really, it kicks off the atmosphere of the day, doesn't it, when you have footy supporters so. there, mm -hmm. gathering, they're talking about the game, you know, <laughs> like you, you start to hear a bit of ribbing that's going on between, you know, some rival supporters there, or, or just, you know, people talking about what they've, what's coming up, some late mail that starts to, drift through from, you know, the TVs and... 
I mean, and what have you. The fact that the game day experience happens well before you walk into Combank Stadium yes. is a real yeah. bonus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, look, to be honest, it's hard for me to pick just one. So it's kind of everything that we've talked about. It's, it's actually Eels Lane, as you've talked about, but it's just everything that we've been investing in and providing back to members. Being able to, on game day, have that, but as well, members being able to come in and just use the club the way they want to. Um, and, and when we get Dural on board as well, being able to expand what we do up there, return that club to, to its former glory. I mean, all of the manifestation of all of that over the next 12 months will just be amazing for this club. Well, Richard, Joy, Darren, Merry Christmas, first of all. I hope it's a great Christmas and New Year to you. Thank you for joining us today. And... Um, yeah, is there one final message you'd maybe like to give to uh, our members and supporters out there? Well, thank you for the last couple of years. So members of both the Eels and the Leagues Club have been very patient through COVID. So thank you for hanging in there and uh, returning in 2022 in force. Thank you to the Cumberland Throat for all your support of both organisations and the group in general. And thank you today for having the opportunity to come and catch up with us. Uh, always really, enjoyable. Really appreciate what you do. Absolutely. Well, Thank you. Well, we come in for the, the quick hug and kiss with you, Joy. That's always a, that's always a big attraction. Oh, look, at, you know, every yesterday Greg and I were down at Paramount Mission, you know, because we sponsor them, and uh, you know the hugs were all around. You know, oh, it's just a bit, a bit embarrassing, but um, it, it was really great because you know Paramount Mission they have got big issues because they're a, a community based welfare support group but we learnt yesterday they're they're going to lose part of their building because uh, the the uh, reorganization of Parramatta and the construction they want from Parramatta Square they want a, a walkway right through to the water and you know to me they're going to demolish half of the Lee Memorial Hall well, the Lee Memorial Church might get hit, but, you know, where do these people go? And um, and I think it's really important for Parramatta Leagues to be uh, on, their, on their side and helping them. Well, that's part of being part of the, uh, the uh, involved in the community, yeah. yeah. You've got to be in the community. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, look, just gratitude from me for partners like yourself, mm. um, who are great supporters of both the football and the Leagues Club. Um, thank you to our members for their support. We hope we continue to get it. We hope we continue to get their feedback and we can, can deliver on, on what they're after out of the club. And thank you to all the, all, the, all the fans out there as well. I mean, we know we've got some of the most passionate fans in the league and, and that's, that just makes for an awesome experience for us. Well, again, I'll finish as I always do. Merry Christmas to everyone. And go you wheels. Absolutely. Mate, one thing you miss. We need all our members to to come on the 18th of January to, to vote at the EGN for the amalgamation of Dural. Absolutely, absolutely. And we'll get some information out before that date. Thanks, Greg. Thanks. Thank Thanks, you. Greg.